Hi, welcome to Beholding Out for a Hero, where the sidetrack is the main track. If you're a fan of D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, you're in the right place to listen to some amusing hijinks. If you're not a fan of D&D, you're still in the right place to listen to some amusing hijinks. We hope you enjoy the very first episode of our very first podcast. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, yes, uh, me. I am Bo or Nico. I will be DMing this game. And how long have you been playing D&D? I think I've been playing for about two years. And what's your favorite part? I love to get into world building way too much. (laughs) (laughs) Way, way too much. I've drawn tectonic plates for uh, the world of Eberron. Not that anybody except me needs to know. Not that that that's going to be relevant in absolutely anything, but they're there. Where will the mountains go, Nicholas? (laughs) Exactly. Where will the mountains go? Where will new mountains form? I have to know. Where is going to be earthquakes? Hi, I'm Elaine. I am going to be playing Kitty, the... I'm a gnome, right? I'm a gnome artificer who thinks she's a human, just a very tiny human. Already getting into character. I started playing tabletop RPGs about... Ooh, when did we do our first roll for shoes? Four years ago, maybe? But we didn't start playing D&D until like, the start of the pandemic. So two years ago? Nice. And what is your favorite part of D&D? Ooh, I like all of it, to be fair. Like, I'm really... I really like the logistics of things, but I'm also, I really like just trying to throw in some chaos and just seeing where it takes, <laughs> where the story goes from there. Hi, I'm Raina. I'm going to be playing Jem. She is an elf rogue, and she's just along for the ride, just like me. And how long have you been playing D&D? I am a COVID baby D&D player, so I started playing September of 2020. My favorite part, I love the storytelling. I love discovering a story as a group. It's all the fun of playing pretend when I was a kid, but with now as an adult with big brain ideas, so it's just a great time. My name's Ashley, and I'll be playing Miki, the tiefling bard. I almost said warlock, and that was wrong. I have been playing D&D since approximately 2019, if I remember correctly, but time has blurred, and time is a construct with no meaning. That's right, we did start before the pandemic. We did start before the pandemic. (laughs) My bad, three years, three years of (laughs) D&D. Although my first campaign was really bad and lasted about three sessions. So Elaine, if you want to forget that one existed, that's also perfectly fine. No, I love the fact that I had to ask you for every NPC's name and you never had an NPC name ready. My favorite part about D&D is that I didn't think of an answer to this question myself, even though I've been asking everyone else. It's probably getting taken by surprise by every player. Uh, whether or not I too am a player, because I am a very orderly person who doesn't like chaos, and that is not what this campaign is going to be. That's not how anyone plays D&D. 
So it always takes me by surprise. Eberron is a D&D setting that takes a high fantasy world and incorporates new technologies powered by magical means. Magic in this world is quite common and is used by many for everyday tasks. Before the beginning of this campaign, there was a hundred year war that spanned the entire continent. Then, four years ago, there was a nationwide magical catastrophe killing almost everything in its bound and warping the land itself. This started a ceasefire between the remaining nations and talks of peace. Two years ago, the Treaty of Thronehold was signed. There is now peace across the entire continent of Corvair, but it is tentative. The magical catastrophe remains like a nuclear fallout zone, warping the lands and anything that enters in a way that defies what one would normally expect. For the rest of the continent, though, life had readjusted to a new normal. Technological advances like the lightning rails developed by House Orion have been developed for peacetime usage. These lightning rails enable normal citizens to travel quickly and efficiently across the continent and link all major cities. One train in particular is about to depart from the station in the nation of Breland, going from its capital, Rote, to the metropolis, Sharn. And in this one particular train car sits a purple tiefling, waiting to begin her journey. Uh, we're starting off our campaign in uh, Rote. Uh, we are in a train uh, train car in the dining car, starting off with Miki. Miki had just completed uh, a previous job and split with the party she had been working with, uh, and is now traveling alone back to Sharn, get getting a late lunch in uh, the dining car of this train. The the train the way the train is uh, dining car is situated, uh, you have the entrance from the passenger area to. Uh, when you enter in from that entrance, there's going to be long picnic table-like benches running both on the left and the right, all the way down to the bar end of the, tiny, the, the dining car. And beyond that is what looks like crew only, probably kitchen area. Uh, you can't see beyond the door though. There is currently, uh, the dining car is currently fairly empty since it is about one o'clock. Most people have cleared out. There is the half-elf younger bartender and there is also two middle-aged halflings that are seated closer to the the passenger entrance of the car finishing up their meal you said halflings halflings yes i'm attempting to take notes which is very out of character for me i'm attempting not to take notes which is out of character for me <laughs> okay this this isn't going to go well someone else also has to take notes. I'm taking notes, don't worry. I take good notes, unless it doesn't matter. I rely on Elaine to take notes for me when I'm DMing, so I know what happened last session. <laughs> I take notes uh, very, very vigorously, although uh, how much I share with everyone else is very uh, dependent on your history rules. <laughs> <laughs> this campaign, I'm trying to only take notes on what Kitty would remember. Nice. Oh, oh, that's I a good mean, way to do it. Yeah. I usually put an asterisk next to things that my character doesn't know. Mm -hmm. I've never taken notes before, so I guess that's a good rule of thumb to go by. In, uh, in this mostly empty dining car, uh, where is Miki and what is she doing? All right, so Miki is up by the bar. She's probably chatted with the half-elf bartender every so often, has like 
maybe a small like antipasto plate, like not a lot of food, just a teeny tiny bit, and um, one martini glass in hand that she is attempting to hold fancily, you know, like in the palm or like between two fingers or whatever. I don't know. I don't drink martinis. But she's kind of off balance with the sway of the train, so every so often just some of it slides over the side. And before I forget, Miki is a purple tiefling with long white hair and black horns that curl backwards like ram horns. She usually has tons of like theater jewelry, but she has like a lot of like gold chains with dangly bits wrapped around her horns. They're super cheap. She just kind of gets them at flea markets and keeps adding to her collection. Her eyes are also white. And I haven't thought of any more physical details about my character. But yeah, so she's talking to the half-elf bartender. Alrighty. You, the, the, the half-elf bartender uh, is uh, polite, but uh, not particularly uh, personable. Just making small talk. As you uh, are enjoying your relatively peaceful late lunch, <laughs> the the doors uh, from the passenger car burst open and in walks Elaine. Can you describe your character? Yeah. So these are like swinging doors, not a sliding door, right? Either way, you that slam it feels open. Wrong in yeah. the train. It's a swinging door. I'll say it should be a sliding uh, door. It's probably a sliding door. You can make it swing. I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> If you knock it off the hinges, it could swing. <laughs> if it's a sliding door, if it's a sliding door, then your attention gets drawn to the door because you hear a thud as somebody attempts <laughs> to kick the door open, and then there's a pause, and then it slides open, and you see about a three foot five inch tiny figure wearing a very gaudy pink frilly poofy dress. The top body part is just all sequins the bottom is made up of like layers on layers on layers of different shades of pink lace that makes it poof out to like two or three times her actual size she's wearing like a sequined pink hat that's offset on the side of her head and on her back she's wearing a pink backpack that has ears and a tail and she is walking forward towards the bar with determination and is shoving anything that is potentially in her way out of the way. So if there's people, if there's carts, if there's like tables that are in her path to the bar, she is just shoving them aside if she can. And then she shouts at the bartender, We need ten rounds over here, please! Uh, the bartender uh, looks up at this entrance and nods as uh, he prepares the ten rounds that was requested. Oh my god. Oh, I also forgot. She's got bright pink hair. It's a, a messy mop. Blue eyes. Her face got freckles uh, across the nose bridge. It's about all you would see at the moment. Yep. And quickly after after this entrance comes a, a more dramatic entrance of Reyna. Could you introduce your character? So you see a six foot tall high elf, white hair, that's half-shaved head, so the white hair is flipped over onto one side, and she's wearing this gaudy, larger-than-quinceanera dress that has, like, a, a full hoop skirt. It's green silk and velvet with very fine gold embellishments. 
and the train, you can't even see where it ends behind her yet. Lots of ruffles, lots of finer detail, kind of bell sleeves, similar to sort of kimono sleeves. And she comes in, she has one of the first things you notice, though, aside from the green abomination that she's wearing, are the three deep scars across her face, claw marks, stretching from the right temple down to the left jaw, as if she was struck by some sort of animal. The high elf makes quite the entrance as uh, her dress nearly swallows one of the halfling that you brush past due to its sheer size. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. (sighs) Just kind of hip checks them out of the way. (laughs) I will pull out the stool next to Miki to give room for my friend who is coming in behind me to sit. Ten of whatever your strongest is. Ten rounds, sorry. Miki very politely just kind of like pulls the stool back like away from the two giant skirts to just give you guys more room and is just looking at you two up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. You can see that after, uh, like, after they walk up right next to you, uh, you can see that both these these people are dressed for some sort of special event, uh, with both hair and jewelry being um, very fancy and elegant. So I'm gonna let Kitty sit closest to Miki because she's shorter. That's fair. And just kind of take the seat next to Kitty and just lead onto the bar and look over at this purple tiefling who's been eyeing us and just go <laughs> it's terrible isn't it I really have to ask how did you two get through the train doors lots of pushing yeah I had to throw this one but you know it's okay it was fun so this isn't normal for you two oh god no I would hope not oh speaking of and then Kitty will bring her backpack in front of her, unzip it, and reach in. And you can see her hand goes deeper than it really should. And she'll start pulling out a new set of clothes. And she will just start stripping in the dining cart. <laughs> if you haven't already been getting looks, which you have been, uh, you're certainly getting looks now. And the bartender is uh, serving you guys ten shots of a uh, dark, strong-smelling alcohol. Ugh, I immediately down three. <laughs> Miki's going to like take off. Like she probably has like this long like Hanfu looking like outfit with all like the ties and the robes and the drapey sleeves. And she's just going to take off her outer layer. And she has like three more layers. So it's fine. She's not indecent or anything. And she's just going to like hold it behind Kitty so that the halflings can't see her start to just like strip down yeah yeah easy enough to do once she's fully changed she's gonna leave the dress on a pile on the ground and now she's wearing a leather vest top with a pink crop top under it um and like black short shorts that have leather straps just everywhere and you can see the boots that she was originally wearing and still wearing are just like leather a little above ankle-high boots that have a really thick sole 
and um, look a little chunky in the back. And she's got uh, a leather bracelet on her left wrist, and she's putting goggles on top of her head. You have the right idea, kid. Does she also take off any of her jewelry? Oh yeah, like everything that she had originally on, she just like like the little hat, any of the earrings or rings or whatever necklaces she had on, she just like tossed it all on the ground. And she's now just adorning what I just described. Do you mind if I ask you some questions? Go for it. Are you going to keep any of that jewelry? Kitty will look at Jem. Jem will look at Kitty. Uh. You want it? I mean, mm, well, okay. Here's the thing. We're broke. <laughs> so maybe we should hold on to it until we can pawn it. Mm, good idea. Just until we, you know, get settled back in, back in Sharn. I don't even have five copper to my name right now. Yeah, let's let's hold on to it. Sorry, they're not for sale. Until later. The bartender pipes up. Uh, it's unfortunate that you don't have five copper because these drinks cost two gold. It's okay, I can pay it. Yeah, I don't have five copper. I can't speak for my friend here. Works for me. Kitty will walk over back over to the pile she left on the ground and um, and as she walks, the heels of her boot light up, and you can see that there is a like little cat paws on the sides of her boots that light up as she walks. <laughs> and then she's going to stuff the jewelry into her bag and then head back over. Kitty, the original e-girl. <laughs> I am so glad to finally get that thing off. I don't know how you talked me into wearing it. Listen, it was, you know, for a special event, and it wasn't me. I wasn't the one who picked out these monstrosities, but, you know. <laughs> well, water under the bridge, I guess. It's too late now. What event were you wearing these for? Mm, my wedding. But you know, it was just absolutely tragic. I mean, I showed up looking dressed to the nines, just absolutely gorgeous, and I was jilted. Mm-hmm. Can I just take a quick glance out the window back? Of the- Are we moving yet? Uh, yeah, I was just about to say, uh, with with, uh, with that reveal of, uh, you know, what the event is, the, the train announcer goes off and says, uh, we are currently departing. We are expected to reach Sharn in about 10 hours at 11 p.m. And the announcer goes off and the train begins to lurch. Eventually coming to like a relatively, it's not like super wobbly. It's pretty steady. Oh, thank God. I guess I should introduce myself before I start asking more questions. But now I'm just really curious. My name is Miki. Nice to meet you. I'm Jem. And I'm going to just like throw my hand forward. And, you know, very masculine handshake. <laughs> Wait, is Gemma a guy or a girl? Gemma's a woman, but she's a little abrasive. <laughs> Miki shakes your hand. Does not do the, like, strength posturing squeeze thing. Gem does. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, full, like, full body shake, Miki. <laughs> uh, and your name? Hiya, I'm Kitty with an I.E. Hi, Kitty with an I.E. Were you the maid of honor? Nah, she was the flower girl. Yes. Is that what you call it? 
I forgot. Yeah, more or less. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to throw some things around. Flowers, yep. You know, it's your favorite activity. So, uh, who are you getting married to? Oh, you know, just some person. But didn't happen, so here we are, looking to set up in Sharn again. You know, just bad luck. I really know how to choose him. Did you want to marry him? Yeah, and it's them. But yeah, I did. I really, really did. And they just jilted you and didn't give you a reason why they left? Didn't even bother showing up. I'm so sorry. Let me... Actually, I'll wait till you see how you feel after all of these drinks. And then once that's over, you tell me if you want another drink and I'll buy you one. Yeah, on that note, sir, I asked for 10 rounds, not 10 shots. You asked for 10 of whatever we have the strongest. And you can have some more ale if you would like. Do you just want more of the same? I think the shots are fine. But you're gonna you're gonna join us, right, Miki? Oh, I'm I'm not a Come on. I mean it's the day of my failed wedding. I'll join you a little bit. Usually I leave the drinking to my previous employee. You know what? Twelve shots. Twelve more. Two for her. Yeah, come on. The bartender pours out another twelve shots. You know what, bartender? You join us too. I sorry, I don't drink on the job. What? What kind of bartender are you? Yeah, why'd you get this job then if you're not gonna drink? Hopefully a bartender that keeps his job. A customer buys you a shot, you take the shot. What's the problem? The problem is being drunk on the job. Well just learn how to tolerate your liquor. I don't see what the issue is. Yeah, is one shot gonna get you drunk? <laughs> I'd rather not risk my employment. Alright, fine. Kitty is gonna down four shots. I've already down three. I'm gonna <laughs> down three more. <laughs> okay, okay, so there's only two left for Miki, so Miki's just going to sip at her shots. Well, that was from the original ten, right? So Yeah, so that's, 12 more on top that was the full ten, <laughs> and now there's another twelve on top of that. <laughs> Miki is going to choose one shot and very slowly sip it as she asks the two of you life questions, because now she is fascinated. All right, and ask away. I'm an open book. Can I have Jem and Kitty roll constitution checks for me? Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't know why you would make us do that, sir. <laughs> oh, no, we had so much time and I forgot to set up my dice. Oh, no. <laughs> Hold on. Give oh, me a moment. Wait. <laughs> mm, you know what? I better roll a dice that I trust. Okay. Um, 14. <laughs> or just a check or a saving throw? Sorry. Saving throw. Yeah, 14. Ooh, net 20! Oh, <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> um, uh, and that's a constitution saving throw, so that is 25 total. Oh, wow. Party yeah, um, little thing. Uh, Kitty is, is, you know, getting a little bit drunk, um, but not as drunk as Jem is getting. You are <laughs> fairly drunk with how much you two have been drinking, so. Uh, uh, ooh, why? <laughs> In a short amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> what, six shots in three minutes is enough to do me in? <laughs> With skipping lunch. 
That's a good point. Can we get some uh some like chips or something? <laughs> the bartender brings out some some bar snacks, some peanuts, some chips. You know, uh Sharnish chips or Roshan chips, you know, how there's like the they call them fries, but then there's like you know, in Rote they call them chips, that sort of thing. Um oh uh mm-hmm. Well, why would you like to ask? I feel like I'm prying too much, and just tell no, me if no, I'm no, being no. too inquisitive. What are you two planning on doing in Sharn? Getting her stuff back? Yeah, getting my stuff from my from my ex. And then, um, figuring it out. Probably, probably on the leave. road again. Yeah, you should probably yeah. leave. Yeah, probably. What are you doing? I haven't decided yet. What? Why are you here by yourself? What's... What's up with that? You said employee? An employee that drank? On the job? Was he your bartender? Mm, that would make more sense. Well, no. He was allowed to drink after hours. We drank together after hours. He was my bodyguard as I traveled and told fortunes. Isn't a bodyguard supposed to watch you mostly after hours? Like, what? when's after hours for a bodyguard? Is that 8 a.m. or, like, what? No, uh, when I tell fortunes, sometimes I have the tendency of being too truthful, depending on what the spirits tell me. And as a result, some people get a little upset because the spirits have no diplomatic bones in their ethereal bodies. So I only needed a bodyguard while I was working, and he was allowed to drink after hours, but after our latest, um, we took a job for extra money because, you know, drinking is an expensive habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we rolled him down the hill in a pickle barrel and he has decided to retire. Why? That's that's hilarious. <laughs> I think the pickles might have been laced with something and he had a little bit of what I would call a spiritual awakening and decided he needed to find himself. Wow. So you're a fortune teller. I am a fortune teller. <gasps> can you tell my fortune? Are you Before like any a fortunes real can fortune be told? Teller? Um the the dining car door Uh-oh. slams <laughs> slams open once more. Uh as you see a human man, a middle-aged human man walk in uh with a pompous looking mustache that's gelled out like sideways, like really, really wide. With, like, curly cues, or...? No, just, like, straight left and right. It's not a good look. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's almost worse. (laughs) Wait, 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 do they extend past the sides of his face? Like, into thin air? Uh, Just barely, yeah, just barely, like, wider than his face. Oh my god, he has Um, cat whiskers. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's dressed in uh, what seems like finely made clothes, albeit a little gaudy. Uh, and he was adorned with various expensive-looking uh, jewelry and accessories as he walks in, seemingly furious uh, with his walking stick. He shouts from the very end of the dining car as soon as he walks in, I demand to speak to the chef! And uh, looking past you guys and looking at the bartender. When he gets about uh, halfway, he's still angrily fuming as he's walking. What, what kind of meal do they serve here? Where is the chef? I must speak to him immediately. And the bartender, um, when he's about halfway, uh, calls back out to him. 
I apologize, but the chef is out on break currently. How far into the train car does he get before he runs into Jem's skirt? Like, probably about halfway, and uh, when he gets to that point, he's just going to start walking on it. Oh no! I'm going to just tug my skirts back. <laughs> Make a general strength roll. <laughs> oh, you know, as an elf, strength is my strong suit. <laughs> I'm real buff, y'all. Uh, okay, I mean, 18! Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, that adequately uh, pulls the, the fabric from right out under him, and he slips and falls, sputtering angrily. Keep your dress out of the walkways! I'm gonna walk over and, like, Yakuza crouch next to him and just go, Don't walk on my skirt! You don't own this train car. Who do you think you are? Do you own it? I could. Ooh. And he stands up, um, looking you in the eye, despite having just tripped hat a little sideways and clothes a little ruffled, stares you down. Get out of my way. I'm just going to start fixing his clothes for him. <laughs> 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 How tall is he, by the way? You know, something I don't write down frequently is the height of all of my NPCs. You really should. And here, and age. here is where I learned. <laughs> the exact height and the exact age is apparently something you guys are fascinated with. What color is his eyes and his hair and his mustache? I didn't write that down either. Does he have hair or is it like combed over? Yes, he has. Uh, now that you're closer to him, you can see that his hair is gelled back um, and slightly upwards. Under, uh, you can see it partially under his hat. His hair is a like a pompadour uh, or like a mohawk. <laughs> uh, more like a pompadour. Um, okay. And uh, his hair is a dark. Is it a top hat? No, it's a it's a like a like a floppy like. Oh, a trilby. I don't know what a trilby is, but yes, I'm assuming like the more refined <laughs> fedora, right? Like- like, uh, no, no, no. Like, you know those hats, those, like, vaguely medieval hats that are, like, you take a circle of fabric and you sew it to a, a, a band? Oh. Hold on. Okay, so it's you like... You mean, like, wait, what? <laughs> like a veil? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's like, um... And we're gonna play 20 questions just with this guy's hat. <laughs> <laughs> like a William Shakespeare hat? Probably. I, it's now that I realize that I don't know my hats. Yeah, sure. It's a- Really Shakespeare a hat? Hold on, hold on. It's one of these ones. One of these ones. Is it more like a Robin Hood hat? Uh, it's got it's got a, a, a band to it, and it's kind of floppy on one side, and it's it, it could... It's kind of like if you if you have a, a chef's hat, but you smash it a little. Oh, like a musketeer's hat. <laughs> that's, the, that's the vibe. A Google search tells me that is a Tudor Renaissance flat cap. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, it's, okay. It's got a, a pompous looking feather in it. How big is the feather? Is he compensating? Probably bigger than his face. Probably. <laughs> um, uh, he, we'll say he's, uh, I don't know, 5'10". <laughs> yeah, he gives off 5'10 energy. <laughs> well, that's the energy he has. <laughs> um, anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're fixing his clothes as he's staring you down. Yeah, because he looks like a mess. Uh, this, this seems to uh, appease him a little bit. At least you know. Oh, does it? 
how to apologize oh. as he dusts himself off uh, and tries to brush past you. Uh, no, I'm going <laughs> to kind of like, while I'm fixing his clothes, I'm going to hold him in place. <laughs> so make another strength roll. Oh boy. Okay. That's going to be seven. Uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, you you don't get a, a good enough grip uh, on him. Uh, the, these poofy sleeves that he's wearing, they're not actually where his arms are. And uh, you, you don't actually uh, get a hold of him before he... Uh, oh no, his little T-Rex arms. He like shoulders past you a little bit um, okay. as he's walking to the bar. All right, well, before he goes, can I just give him one of those like half playful, half serious slaps to the face, you know? Like one of those like... It's like a pat, but harder. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you, as long as you you got one you get one face pat in, and he looks like mildly offended, but like you just take care. Isn't concerned with you, so like brushes past you. <laughs> I'm gonna just make loud gagging noises and stick my finger down my throat before pointing at the guy walking away from me. <laughs> and he will nod. And then follow after the guy. I mean, isn't he? He's coming towards the bar, right? Yeah, he's he's probably going towards you if um if you're still seated at the bar because Jem got up. Oh, yeah, I went to him first. Okay, Amiki is just going to casually cross her legs over. Actually, no, I can't because I'll be crossing my legs over Kitty. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> then Kitty will. Just pull a dagger out of her backpack. I'll just whistle at her really quick, just to get her attention, and then just kind of shake my head like, eh, no, not that far. Uh, are you trying to be sneaky about this? No, we're being pretty... <laughs> at first I went, <laughs> you know, yeah, whistled, okay. so I'm not really being subtle. <laughs> so the well-dressed man... Uh, goes up to the bar, and when met with the cook, he starts going off on how poorly cooked the steak was, and it's still bleeding on the plate. Uh, and uh, the the cook just kind of nods along uh, and says uh, he'll he'll cook him up a new one, and takes note on uh, how this noble man is demanding his meal be cooked. After he takes uh, his his order, he goes back to the kitchen to prepare that meal, and the nobleman uh, turns to the the rest of the party. The service on this train, I can't believe it, and they're charging 25 gold per mile. Ridiculous. I think you're exaggerating. I don't think it's that much. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's that much either. (laughs) Mickey looks over at him and goes, who... Who did you buy your ticket from? I've never seen 25 gold at one time in my life. Scalpers, probably. You got conned, uh, man. Dragon Mark houses really milk you for all you're worth. And they can't even provide proper service even after that. So wait, who do you get your ticket from? Did you buy it at a ticket booth? It matters not. Oh, so you got conned. The price of a ticket is less than... Like, a silver per mile. Well, when you're traveling long distances, it really adds up. Uh-huh. Shouldn't it be cheaper at that point? <laughs> yeah, haven't you? Don't you have a mileage program? <laughs> <laughs> a frequent flyers program? <laughs> now, that would be a good business model. 
someone really ought to put pe- people like you at the head of these Dragon Mark companies. That way they would retain more customers. Well, it's not like we own the rights to the idea. If you really wanted to stick it to them, you could start your own train company with much more affordable prices. And go under in a month when you find out how unsustainable it is. That could be lucrative, although I don't have a facility set up for that type of manufacturing. Uh Uh-huh. You lack facilities, all right. What are you, a walking circus? He looks at Jem. Hmm? What's with the get-up? Mind your business, old man. Then I suggest you mind yours. (laughs) Not for a million gold. I suggest you not be rude to my friend. Kitty's still playing with her dagger. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one who started aggressively attacking me to begin with. Oh, boy. Does that mean you have to give it back? It doesn't seem like she's going to stop. I gotta stand up for myself. No. I mean, you can try if you'd like. At this, the train car door opens once more um, as you see another younger half-elf man walk through in what looks to be a, like the similar clothes to w- what you've seen the other train workers to, to come in. Matches the, the bartender, for sure. And seeing the, the gem's dress kind of take up the whole walkway, he uh, hops up onto the bench and walks down all the benches. See, that's how you do it. <laughs> Excuse me. And he uh, scoots on past everyone, hopping over the bar uh, and into the kitchen. <laughs> the bartender at that says, looks like the chef is back. Let me get him. <laughs> and goes off into the kitchen as well. No, he's so polite. Don't be mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know whose side we're on. <laughs> what, like it's hard? <laughs> <laughs> They're gone for uh, a little while. The uh, second half-elf, uh, with uh, like a darker black hair color, um, comes in from the, the kitchen area again. How tall is he? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and how old is he? <laughs> Does he have a mustache and or a hat? Okay, we're going to say he's six foot. Uh, he does not have a mustache. He does not have a hat. This is like, guess who? <laughs> <laughs> But just vibes. <laughs> you should be tall like this guy. <laughs> so he uh, he comes. Yeah, in have you tried and- being taller? <laughs> <laughs> and the the, the middle aged man says, "Are you the chef?" He says, "Yep, that's me. Uh, how can I help you?" What was that sorry excuse for a meal that was served? The meat it was it was still bleeding on my plate. Oh, I'm sorry to hear about that, sir. Would you like something else cooked? And he goes on to complain about how, how this meal was uh, improperly served. The half-elf man is kind of uh, nodding along and just, it's customer service. <laughs> oh, boy. Eventually, he, he says, uh, the older human man says, I expect the proper dish to be brought to my quarters in a, in a timely manner while it's still hot. And he uh, stomps out of the, the cart, uh, trampling Jem's dress again. I'm just going to lean over the bar and go, humans, am I right? <laughs> oh, you don't know the half of it. The uh, other half-elf man uh, who was, uh, was the bartender comes out again as well and uh, resumes his position at the bar. Can we buy the chef a drink? <laughs> <laughs> bartender gives uh, the chef like 
a look. <laughs> and the chef says, yeah, you can buy the chef a drink. <laughs> and starts grabbing things from the bar and pouring it for himself. What's your name, chef? Perrin. Oh, uh, why why are you folks dressed all fancy? Or, uh, at least some of you guys, if you don't mind me asking. It's really just her at this point. <laughs> yeah, it really is just Jim. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't need to say folks, I know it's me. <laughs> no, I just didn't want to point fingers, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of just you. <laughs> no, point away. Uh, oh, you know, wedding, jilted at the altar... Running home to Sharn to get my things. Ooh, my condolences. Eh, mine too. Miki's gonna lean over to Kitty and be like, she did actually want to get married? Kitty's gonna look at Jem and look at Miki and look at Jem and look at Miki. Sure! Do I see this? <laughs> yeah, probably. Y- y- sure. What? You, you you wanted to get married, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, that's kind of why people have weddings, right? Just... Well, oh, oh, was that the question? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to. Sure. Right. Of course. Yeah. Oh, shit, I gotta cook that asshole another meal. I'll be back. Nah, let him wait. Let him sweat it out. <laughs> Uh, it won't be too long. Okay. And he, he disappears into the kitchen. Uh, he, him? Yeah. I need to know for my notes. So are you ever going to take your wedding dress off? Oh, I would, but I actually don't have any other clothes. I told you you should stuff it in my backpack. I know, but I didn't think about it because, I mean, I wasn't expecting uh, our exit. Yeah. I have another set of clothes if you'd like to borrow them, but I am considerably shorter than you. Uh, I mean, a crop top is better than this. I mean, not as considerably as Kitty. Miki pulls out like a ro- like another Hanfu set, and it's just <laughs> it will go like it will end at your knees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if like physique wise, it would work. <laughs> oh, how the tables have turned! How tall is Miki? Miki is 5'2". Jem's mm. 6 then, even. Yeah, Jem's a lot taller. <laughs> yeah, so it will end at her knees. And it will technically tie. But, like, there'll be boobs. Hanfu tends to fit pretty loosely, so you probably could still get into it. Yeah, alright. We'll give it a shot. Maybe I'm not wearing it properly. Roll for structural integrity of clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Should I? <laughs> Should I roll a constitution check for the clothing? <laughs> nah, nah, it's fine. You, you can change out of clothes. I'm not going to make you roll for that. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're a lot nicer than I am. Though, so upon mention of of uh, <laughs> of changing clothes, the uh, the bartender motions to, to the side of the car and says, there's a bathroom, but I don't think your dress will fit. Yeah, what about the kitchen? I suppose you could do that. All right. Can I, like, mm, this is going to be a tall order, but can I hurdle over the bar? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and make a dexterity check. <laughs> I mean, at least a dexterity. Or, or uh, acrobatics. 
either one. Um, yeah, there's the same. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you make it over. You drag every single shot glass that's on the counter with you. <laughs> you know what? But I'm also I'm also tipsy. You make it over fine. Uh, you just like you pull like so much off of the counters that the bartender just kind of like stares you with this like. I've been working way too long. <laughs> Doesn't say anything, though. You should have stopped me when you saw a drunk girl going up over the bar. <laughs> this is truly above my pay grade as he goes to clean up the glass. Oh, no. Jim has turned into that customer. <laughs> Did Jim knock over any of like the 12 shots that we still haven't touched yet? Probably. Probably like a good half of them. <laughs> Miki's gonna grab another one. You want more? Uh, in good time. Right. Gem, it's probably going to be very difficult for you to pull your entire dress into the kitchen. So if you, you can just, like, shut the door on the train of your dress as you get, like, most of it through. You know what? If it's destroyed, so be it. <laughs> The kitchen is, as you expect, a kitchen. Uh, you do see the chef who is in there uh, cooking up the meal, as specified. And you, uh, a little further down, you see... Go ahead and roll a perception check. Okay. Perception. Ooh, my perception's good. Okay, that's 16. Nice. Uh, so you see uh, further down beyond uh, the kitchen, there's like a, a little partition that's currently open uh, that you see what seems to be uh, like a crew sleeping area, some crew belongings. And you also see what looks to be a large mechanical steel cat, kind of in the shape of like a, like a, like a jaguar size that's just laying down in the back. So a, a big old cat, you said? Yeah, a mechanical cat. Um, oh. uh, and upon coming in, the cook looks up and says, Can I help you with something? Don't worry about me. I'm just getting out of this. And I'm just going to try and start. I don't even know how this dress works. Are there buttons? <laughs> Is there a zipper? How, like, how advanced are we talking here? <laughs> Is it just a slip on? <laughs> roll uh, just a straight d20 for me. <laughs> Straight D20. Oh no, Nicholas, what are you going to make me do? <laughs> it's a natural one! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> After a few moments, you realize you have no clue how to get this dress off. You had like six people help you into it. You you don't fucking know where this dress starts. You don't even know what closures are on this dress. It's that no. type of dress. <laughs> I like to think I'm probably like halfway through pulling it down to my hips when I realize I can't go any nah. further. <laughs> no, not with a now one. You don't even, you didn't even get that far. You're like, oh boy. Your back, like trying to, trying to feel for like any sort of like closure. You can't find a zipper. You can't find buttons. You can't find anything. Oh my God. I'm just going to stand there like a sad drunk girl and just go giddy. I hear it. Are you like screaming for Kitty? I, she whimpers first and then full on balls. <laughs> <laughs> if I hear that, I will come running and in my hand, Gem, you see an item that you saw on your guest table 
<laughs> like your your gift table. Sorry, your gift table. It's a very ornate pistol. What is it? What's wrong? Who do I need to shoot? The chef, uh, upon hearing the the sad drunk girl cries, uh, tries to go over there and like help you. <laughs> He's confused, <laughs> but here. <laughs> I just need to get out of this awful thing. <laughs> Oh. And okay. where did you get that? I'm just gonna full on like onion cat grab kitty. <laughs> <laughs> where did you get it? It it was there, and it's not like they would have used it. Who did you steal that from? It was on a table. And it wasn't wrapped up like everything else, so I thought nobody would notice it missing. Was there a weapons table at the wedding? Uh, yes, there was. It was like the check-in, you know, the standard, like, unload all your weapons here. You stole that? Listen, you know I've been trying to make this for such a long time. They wouldn't notice it's gone. I mean, we left such a mess when we- Yes, they will! You know who these people are! But- They're gonna notice! We, like, we're planning on leaving anyways. We're, we're just gonna go in and get your stuff and head out. It's not like they're gonna notice before we have the chance to dip. Depends on who it belong to. The, the cook who's still standing around awkwardly and says, yeah, y- you know, she actually has a point. Um, some people are able to track things, uh, like specific objects from very far away. Yeah, but this wasn't on the weapons table. It was on the gift table. Are there any magic users in the group? You would know that for sure there are. You don't know who. Uh-oh. Listen, it was a gift to you anyways, and you're not- Was it on the gift table, or was it on the weapons check-in? It was on the gift table. Everything else was, like, in a box with a bow. You swear to me? Yeah. Pinky promise? I'm gonna stick out my pinky. Two pinkies. Two pinky promise? Double pinky promise? I will wrap her one pinky with both of my pinkies. (laughs) I swear, kitty. It was on the gift table. Okay, alright. It's too late now. If someone asks for it back, you need to give it back. I don't know who that belongs to, unless I do. Do I know who it belongs to? No, you you do not know who it belongs to. Okay, thank god. (laughs) (laughs) It's plausible to you that it it could, could have been a gift, because you don't recognize this specific weapon. Okay, well that's at least a little better that I don't immediately recognize it. (laughs) I'll just spend a couple nights studying it so I can make my own and then and then if they want it back they can have it back, okay? Okay, if it's if it was on the gift table then you can keep it. That's fine. Okay. Sorry to freak out. It's okay. No, I mean... uh, You know, you... Yeah, yeah. I get it, I get it. Yeah. Am I, uh... Uncle-in-law, if you could call him that. Potential, probable uncle-in-law. If it belonged to him, we would have been done. But it didn't belong to him. So, who cares? I will take my dagger back out and just cut open the dress. Yeah, you know what? Let's just trash this thing. It's not worth it. You want to keep your jewelry, though, right? 
Uh, yeah, I want to pawn it. Open the backpack back up. I'll just put all my jewelry in the backpack. I'm sorry. How long before we get back to Sharn? Mmm, like... Seven hours? Eight hours? Yeah, yeah, uh, it was ten hours from, from when you left. I'll see what I can figure out if I can figure out what was missing with all my prototypes, and then I, I can put it back when we get your stuff. Is that better? No, uh, I mean, you know what? If no one asks for it, it's yours. Okay. Just don't get attached in case someone does ask for it. It's like a kitten. Fine. You say so. I'm just saying. It could get ugly. Uglier than it's probably gonna be if they find us? You know... Hey, um... Perrin? Yeah? Can I have another drink? Sure, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't serve the alcohol, that's uh... I don't care. It could be cooking wine, just anything. Alrighty. <laughs> I don't want to think about all that. <laughs> he he uh, pulls out some cooking wine and uh, serves it to you. It's awful. Yeah, it's cooking wine. <laughs> There's at least four more shots outside. Yeah, okay. I'm just gonna... Once we tear this dress to shreds... Can I just... Is there a window? Or a door or anything? Probably there would be a window in the dining car, multiple windows in the dining car, although um, they're, like, small. Like, you you, you wouldn't... You would really have to, to work at throwing this dress out the window that way if you if you want. Uh, yeah. Well, a door, a window, anything. I just want to get rid of this thing. Yeah, yeah. You could you could work on stuffing bits and pieces through it through the window. All right. I'm going to um I have one dagger on my person, correct? Yes, I believe so. I'm just going to also rip it up into smaller shreds once it's off of me. <laughs> just sit on the the floor in the kitchen and just like rip it to smithereens. Would you be would you be trying to eavesdrop, Miki? Oh yeah. Once I heard the caterwauling, I would have probably just like <laughs> been leaning against the kitchen door or something. Yeah, you and the bartender both. <laughs> leaning <laughs> lingering towards the cracked door of where, where the dress is smashed and the door can't quite close. Um if you guys are actively trying to listen, uh you, you guys can can you, you've heard everything. Yeah, I'm just, like, sipping another shot, going, like, Did she say people coming after them? Bartender shrugs. Fascinating. Dangerous. Feels a little dangerous. Fascinating. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, not great people in Sharn. Oh, I wouldn't know. I've never been. This is exciting. Do you think I should stick with them? Uh, I mean, depends on how much trouble they're in. Might not be worth it. I mean... If I've got nothing else going on, I might as well try it. I will say that it's probably going to be exciting. Hearing how much stuff they're in, you're guaranteed an adventure. Do you not want to live a more exciting life? I have my handfuls of, full of excitement already. Yeah, you got characters like old weird mustache face coming in here, causing havoc. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's... Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jen. Yeah. Miki said she's a uh, fortune teller, right? Mm, yeah, I think she did. Fortune tellers deal with spirits and stuff? Mm-hmm. Generally. Do you think she can help me find the thingy? I mean, I don't see 
Why not? I mean, it's worth a shot, right? We've just been blind. Any help is help that we can get. Yeah. We need to find a way to force her to come with us. Miki, you're hearing this. <laughs> I just lean my face into the doorway and go, please don't force me. You could just ask. Okay, okay, okay. Force is a strong word. Force is a very strong word. I didn't know you were standing there. Whoopsies. The door couldn't close because the dress is too large. Can I, like, yank out the rest of the fabric from the store <laughs> from under the door? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can do that. I'll just start ripping that, too. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, gently persuade mm -hmm. Miki to come along with us. Oh, it's all right. I'm already intrigued. I don't really have anything else going on right now. I mean, we've already, you know, had drinks together. I mean, we're we're friends, right? I wouldn't go that far, but we'll get there. Is this what they call bosom buddies? No, it's not. Oh. I don't okay. think so. I don't think anyone actually uses that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> really? I haven't heard that since I was very young. <laughs> huh. I have to tell Motor. Seeing uh, that you're tearing up the dress, uh, the cook parent uh, turns to Jam and says, since you're destroying that dress anyway, you want to burn it? Um. Ooh. Can I? Yeah. Please? Yeah. And uh, he... He pulls up uh, the uh, like uh, the grates to the grill um, and uh, motions for you to, to stuff the dress in there and burn it. Ugh, get rid of it. <laughs> Can I do it? Yeah, everyone take a shot. Oh my god. This fire is going to go out before the whole dress is in. <laughs> I'm going to accidentally suffocate the fire. <laughs> uh, Kitty is going to dig into her backpack and pull out her wood carving tools and... Using an action, so six seconds, she somehow magically makes a four-foot-tall robotic anthropomorphic rabbit, which Jim has seen quite a few times. Batteries, do your thing! And then the rabbit will, from the palms of his, or sorry, their paws, spew some fire out at the, the bits of dress. Yeah, and uh, upon arcane casting, the door to the bar slides open and the bartender it looks at everyone assessing the scene what in the world is going on back here burning the dress yeah you want to help he glances at uh perrin the cook is that ready to serve yet and parents more or less fine as long as that as we don't burn down this train car and he uh entered the kitchen it helps you guys burn the dress that is where we're gonna take your throat break Hey, if you've made it this far into the podcast, thank you. We've put a lot of time into this, and we're really thankful you're still sticking around. If you want to learn more about this podcast with character art and fun facts about the players, characters, and the DM, you can find us at Beholding Out for a Hero on Instagram. Not all one word. And twitter.com slash B-O-F-A-H podcast. And now, back to the action. You guys are currently burning the dress in the kitchen. Mid-dress burn, the, the cook says that he has to go serve the pompous dude uh, his meal uh, and shuffles off. 
the bartender helps you burn the rest of your business. <laughs> yeah, good. Good riddance. <laughs> Can we introduce ourselves to the bartender who has been nameless this whole time? Sure. <laughs> yeah, you can. Hello. You uh, introduce yourselves to the bartender, and the bartender introduces himself as Illidan. Uh, after a, a bit of talking, the, the cook does come back and uh, starts to talk to Illidan, the, the bartender, in a different language. What languages do you guys know? Common, Elvish, Infernal, Cory, Thieves Camp. Okay, next. The gnome knows Common and Draconic. Okay, next. But not gnomish. <laughs> well, the gnome thinks that she is human, so. Yes, it's true. <laughs> the tiefling knows gnomish and infernal in common. Well, at least one of us knows gnomish. <laughs> <laughs> the tiefling knows gnomish. <laughs> and it's not the gnome! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in a language none of you guys recognize. And they go uh, back and forth in, in uh, that language for a little bit. What kind of body language are they giving off while they talk? Uh, go ahead and roll a insight check. Oh, Miki's first roll, right? Ooh. Yeah, don't don't tell the dice. It's <laughs> not going to go well. It's her first roll. Ooh. That was a good roll. There was gumption to it. <laughs> that was a nine. Uh-oh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the the bartender Illidan uh, seems to maintain a fairly neutral tone throughout the whole thing and is uh, a little bit hard to read but the, the cook seems a little bit annoyed maybe also I know Kitty doesn't know the language to like understand it but would she know just like oh this sounds like it's giant or something like that because you hang out a bunch of next to a bunch of weirdos, I'm gonna say you're not particularly familiar with this language enough to recognize it on sight. Because I hang out with weirdos, I don't know the language. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did <laughs> I try? I'm a little less weird. Um, gem. Not by much, but <laughs> yeah, you can try. They're not speaking Elvish. They're not speaking. They're not speaking Elvish? The half-elves are not speaking Elvish? <laughs> My god, oh, who are these losers? <laughs> yeah, the half-elves are not speaking Elvish. Jem, the racist? <laughs> Alright, pot kidding the Kyle Black, the gnome can't speak gnomish. <laughs> hey, hey, she thinks she's human. <laughs> Come on. Uh, what was I rolling? Uh, intelligence. Just straight intelligence. Fourteen. Okay. You're guessing, even though you don't know this language very much, being around in Sharn, you think it's Halfling? Okay. Freaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know, they do work with a bunch of Halflings. This actually makes sense. Okay. Sorta. Mickey's gonna feel awkward about being in someone's place of employment at this point and just kind of go back to the bar. Yeah, I was gonna say, he was gonna say, well, why are we just standing in in the kitchen yeah is the dress properly burned like it's gone it's out of my life i don't have to worry about it anymore yeah the the dress is pop properly burned good and uh it smells like burnt silk <laughs> like yeah it smells like a bonfire in in the, in the crew car <laughs> elmo fire gets good <laughs> 
As they leave, then Kitty's gonna say, Good luck with the whatever issues going on! Thanks for burning the dress for us! Thanks for lending us your stove. Oh yeah, no problem. And uh, we'll go back out to the bar. I'll hurdle over the bar again. Just to prove I can do it, usually. This time with ease. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to roll for this one. You you clear the bar with ease. <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> Indeed. Is the dining cart small enough that I can still hear Jem and Miki from, like, the other end? It's fairly large, but because it's uh, it's pretty empty right now, you probably could hear them. Although, if they're speaking, like, softly, you might not be able to make out all the words. Kitty's bored, so she's going to tap her heels together and wheels will pop out from the heels. And she's going to Healy back and forth, keeping within hearing distance and like chime in every once in a while to whatever conversation's going on. Yeah, yeah. You can probably do that with ease while only going like halfway down the car. Are there halflings still in here? Uh, no. So at some point between the drinks and the pompous man, the halflings have cleared out. No, my dress ate them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so Miki's going to just kind of like sit on one of the benches and then put her feet up on another one of the or like the bar stools and put her feet up on another bar stool and kind of lean back and go alright well so what do you need to ask the spirits about uh yeah so Doc asked me to find something that speaks to the spirit of all lizard folk. And who is Doc? Uh, Doc Illyris. I just call her Doc. She asked me to come look for the thingy for her because she doesn't like to leave home. Is it specifically only to speak to lizard folk spirit? I don't know. She just said that the, the, the thingy speaks to the spirit of all lizard folks. I don't know what that means. The kitchen door opens again as um, the the cook steps out uh, to see that the car is empty. Says, "The great, the car is empty," <laughs> and goes to Kitty uh, and says, "Hey, there's no good way to ask this, but you steal things, right?" Yeah. Great. How do you feel about stealing things again? It's not stealing if if we need it more. Yeah, it's true. How were you able to tell that she steals things just by looking? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I stole uh, this gun. It wasn't looking. It was listening. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oh, I must have missed that part. You what? Oh, yeah. It's a long story. Well, okay, I borrowed the gun from the gift table. It was gonna go to Gemma anyways, so it's mine. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was not super thrilled, um... But it's okay, because it, yeah, as she says, it was gonna be a, a gift, you know. At least it's, it wasn't from the check-in table, so we're fine. That's all that matters here. The, the bartender comes out again and says something in Halfling again, which goes ignored. It's <laughs> still looking at Kitty. So, I don't know, you, you, do you want to steal something on this train? Sure. I mean, I don't, I can't say with confidence that we, we need it more. But I can tell you, it will be a good thing. For you? Or in general? In general. What do we get out of it? I'm guessing money. Okay. Do we keep it? I was hoping to split it. I mean, if you want in, split it. 
how many of us are here? Five ways. So why should we split it? With, are you helping us steal it? Yeah. Oh. Well, why would I not be helping you steal it? Well, I don't know. You just seemed like kind of a... Yeah, you just seemed like kind of a, you know, stick to the sidelines kind of guy. Uh, I, I think it just... The, the uniform gives that impression. Okay. No, it was also the general air. Yeah. No, that was the bartender. Are we not talking to the bartender? No, the cook. The bartender who is is lingering. No, no, this is the cook. The bartender who is lingering uh, in the area doesn't say anything. He's just standing back. Are we splitting it with him as well? Oh yeah, he's in on it for sure. <laughs> and he he kind of it gives the the cook a look that he can't see, but the the cook is like absolutely ignoring him. Is he really in on it? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Inside check. Inside check. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, you can roll an inside check. Thirteen. Press none of your NPCs, even your <laughs> old PCs. <laughs> Thirteen and uh, sixteen. For both of you, the cook genuinely believes that uh, the bartender is going to be a hundred percent in on it. Gem. Oh boy. You're looking at this bartender, and you think that he's probably mostly in on it. Like he's he's gone too far. He's too deep in this shit to back out now. All right. Miki wants to ask Perrin, what is your two's relationship? Oh, we're twins. You don't see it? Uh, and uh, they don't look very alike. <laughs> As you're looking between the two of them. Yes, they are both half-elves. But uh, Perrin uh, is probably like uh, significantly taller than, than Illidan and has dark hair while um, Illidan is blonde. At the risk of sounding racist. No. Not even a little bit. That's uh, okay, we get that a lot. Are they actually twins? Can I tell? <laughs> you want to like roll an inside check or like a, I don't know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, go ahead. Genetic insight. <laughs> well, that's a four. They could be hippos for all I know. <laughs> you believe them. They say they're twins, they're twins. <laughs> what do you need us to think? And from who? So, you know the guy that came in here and was like, uh, oh, you, you cooked my steak badly. We're stealing from him. And what we're taking... All right, I'm down. <laughs> ...is, well, you can take anything except for the two big things that are probably too big to take anyways. We're setting those guys free. Sorry, what? People? He's got people locked up in his... What? Oh, no, no, no. They're... Animals, I guess. Yeah, you can call them animals. You can call them animals. But uh, he's uh, a kind of a poacher, I guess. And he's transporting a lot of like, well, he's transporting two animals on this train to Sharn. And well, he's a piece of shit who treats them like shit. So like, they they should go back into the wild, you know. So our job is taking anything except for those two, and you will deal with those two. Yeah, that's the idea. Uh, and uh, the bartender pipes up. The loot and the money would be split five ways. Our request is that the animals go free. Okay. What kind of animals? Yeah, are they, like, native to the area? Like, how do you know letting them free is going to work out in the long term? Well, I mean, it's better than a cage, right? Uh, I mean, I guess. Are they apex predators? Uh... What if you kill a whole ecosystem? Or what if we let them out and they just 
die to a basilisk or something. Yeah, or like they get swooped up by an eagle or something. What if they can't eat the vegetation around? What if they kill a whole town of gnomes? I Okay, well, I don't think they're going to do that, but... You sure? Probably. Are they apex predators? All right, so what are they? Just tell us what they are. Okay, okay, okay. So we got we got one thing that I think is it's it's a lion with wings. I think. Oh boy. <laughs> um and then the other one I am pretty sure is either a dragon or a really big lizard. Oh boy. <laughs> mm, lizards don't belong in cages. I see what you're talking about now. Yeah, right? What I'm hearing is two apex predators. <laughs> I would like to know about the laws in Sharn or in Breland and whether or not poaching and selling of exotic wildlife is illegal. Is it like, is there like a wild game feed situation where they like, it's like farm raised <laughs> hippogriffs and dragons? <laughs> Miki, you've lived in Breland for a little bit. Go ahead and roll a history roll. Okay. History. I'm not a smart cookie. Oh, that's a natural 20. Plus jack of all trades for a 21. Nice. Okay, perfect. Um, You would know through your experience with your uh, found family that Exotic animals are allowed in Breland, but it, it typically is very expensive to get the licensing for that. And every time you have to transport them over, if you're transporting them by train, again, it's it can be legal, but very expensive. And like if you're crossing country borders out of Breland, um, that is another thing entirely. Uh, you are only familiar with Breland laws. And you know that you you probably can get any any license for any animal. It just depends on the cost. Uh, you had probably not dealt with any of that paperwork personally, though you know that there is a legal way to do it. Uh, that's why he's paying 25 gold per mile. <laughs> Nico, based off of the descriptions and from where I come from, would I recognize what these creatures might be? Um, no. Okay. I'm not even gonna bother. I know I don't. <laughs> I'm like, what's a lizard? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> Would I have seen them historically? Go ahead and yeah, make it make a history roll. Hey, hey, kitty, what's what's a lizard? Miki, the historian. <laughs> that is a twelve. You have heard talk about. A lion with wings, although your uh, people never particularly had one. Uh, your people did have a giant lizard. Was it poisonous? Venomous? Poisonous? Either or. Murderous? No. It was just a, a really big lizard. It did tricks like akin to like having an elephant. You know, like it, it understands you. And you can train it to do tricks. How fucking big was this lizard? Big. Like, 15 feet long around. Maybe longer, plus, like, tail bits. But, like, 15 feet long, 10 feet wide. Big lizard. 
that's larger than my room in my apartment. <laughs> Big lizard. Yeah. Big lizard. <laughs> to be fair, it was like probably okay. a fairly short lizard, but like area wise took up a lot of space. At a ratio of two width to three length, that's a fat lizard. Maybe a little bit smaller. <laughs> I don't know lizard proportions. <laughs> Maybe I'm not measuring the tail. Either way, it's a big lizard. <laughs> and Jim asked Kitty what a lizard was, right? Yes. I told you about Aunt Carly, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, got it. All right. In a cage? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not good. They walk like us, they talk like us, and you're going to put them in a cage? Yeah, that's just kind of rude. Ugh. Did Miki's historical lizard talk and walk like a humanoid? <laughs> no, it did not. It did not speak um, any languages, to your knowledge, and it did certainly did not walk like a human. It walked like a lizard. Miki is so confused. <laughs> Wait, but Kitty, how do we know... Like, you know, because there's like, there's your Aunt Carly, but then what if this one's like your Aunt Carly, but not totally like your Aunt Carly, you know, like lacks the sentience. You know what I mean? Oh, huh. Well, if it's pre-intelligence Aunt Carly, we should still let them free because what if they then become intelligent like Aunt Carly, then they don't want to be in a cage. Yeah, what I'm worried about is that, you know, they're gonna, like, be like, ah, you locked me up, and, you know, kill everyone on board. (laughs) Then we let them go, and they're like, oh, you saved me, yay, thank you so much, I owe you my life. Perrin pipes up at that and says, yeah, you know, we haven't been able to speak to the lizard, but the lion... Seems to like us, so there, there is that. Ooh. Okay. All right. And where are these being kept? They're like the towards the end of the train, um, in one of the cargo carts. Oh, they're not like with the dude. No, no. Well, that's that's a little bit easier. <laughs> we would have to split up then, right? One goes to the guy's carriage room. What do you call it? Bar. Bar. Lot. Compartment. Apartment. 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 Quarters. On a train? <laughs> compartment. Oh, compartment. Com- compartment. <laughs> <laughs> or, or quarters. Quarters. To steal stuff, and then the other people will go to the cargo hold for the animals. Creatures. What, what's, what's the appropriate way of saying that in D&D terms? Creatures? Beasts. Uh, creatures. Bees? Creatures. <laughs> Every creatures. Okay. So, thing is, since our stop and row, Fancy Pants McGee does know that people have been in and out of that cargo cart when they're not supposed to. So, since our stop and row, security measures have been upped, and I don't really know what that means. Of course. When you say people, do you... Particularly just mean yourself. Yeah, more or less. Mm-hmm. You're an employee. You're allowed back there, aren't you? Yeah! Mm-hmm. Alright. So, who could go through there and 
not be suspected? Are we stopping for any water? Are we, you know, is the train ever going to stop at all? Because we only have, what, six hours to do this? Yeah, something like that. Well, employees were, emphasis on were, uh, allowed back there until recently there had been a an announcement to the crew at Rote that nobody is to be in or out if, you, if you're not escorting the, the dude. Is his stuff the only things in that cargo? Yeah, he, he rented that, that cart alone. Like, he, he specifically rented it, the whole cart. So all of his belongings would be in there as well, most likely? Uh, I'm guessing so, unless he keeps, like, a lot of it on his person. But I, I don't think he does. Hmm. Hmm. We would probably want to do whatever we decide to do near the end of the trip. That way we can just dip real easily. What time of day is it right now? It is probably like two, three in the afternoon. Three, four ish. Because, you know, you talk for a little bit, burn the dress for a couple hours because it's a big dress. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It probably <laughs> took a bit. Huh. Well, it would be close to nighttime. He's probably not going to fall asleep. So we would need something to get him out of the room so a uh, a group can go steal stuff. Oh, but we also have to make sure he's not packed up. No, we can just drug him. I'm the cook. I, I give him his food. I mean, yeah. This is true. Okay. That does make it considerably easier. Miki... Do you know any disguising spells or sleep spells or anything like that? Are you magically inclined? Uh, one minute. Where's my character sheet? Yes. I am magically inclined. No, I can neither disguise myself nor put anyone to sleep. But I could temporarily make someone blind or deaf. Okay, 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 okay. That could work. A little terrifying for the person. And the bartender speaks up. Uh, alternatively, since we know he's in his room right now, we could just borrow the room door so he can't leave. I thought we needed to get into his room to steal his stuff. Yeah. I was under the impression that most of his belongings were in the cargo cart. Oh, I thought, okay. Could we go into his room and steal his soul? Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, we could, and I'm so down, but I don't think he has one. So. <laughs> That's fair. All right. I can make at least one person go blind for a small amount of time. Do either of you, and Kitty will point at Perrin and Illidan, have the ability to make one of us look like Toothpick Man? Illidan says, I can't make somebody else look like a toothpick man, but I can make myself look different. Okay. All right. That's a start. Yeah, we just need one person to look like him. Yeah. It'd be weird if there were like three of us. Yeah, and if you have extra uniforms in the back, we can just dress up like, you know, staff and just escort you on. Be like, yep, this is normal. Alrighty. Who's going to keep an eye on said toothpick man? Well, I mean, you said you could drug him, right? Put him to sleep? Okay. I guess we're gonna go with that. We could drug him and throw him off. I can also possibly make someone invisible. But it's 
It's a real slap and dash effort. Actually, let's not. You might not actually become invisible. Do you con people? Is that what you do? I mean, you can't even guarantee that someone turns invisible? What's going on there? Well, it's dependent on the spirit that's currently with me. Some spirits aren't interested in invisibility. Some spirits just want to teleport people or hurt people. It's very much not under my control. Ooh, that sounds fun. You know, that does sound like spirits for what I know and what I remember. So, okay, I buy it. Thank you. You're the only ones who have. Well, you have no reason to lie to us. After all, we've been totally honest with you. A hundred percent. Yes. We said like a bunch of liars. <laughs> Kitty will look at parent. Do you have like a feeding schedule for the creatures? Do you go and like feed them regularly? I don't think they're being fed this whole trip. Or at least this 10 hour trip. That is rather cruel. Yep. That's why we're breaking them out. So that they can feed on humanity. Mm, you know, I can't say that's entirely impossible, but... So you admit it. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> we're going to be passing by forest, right? Maybe they'll just run into the forest? We don't have to let them out in the city. I mean, we can go with them to, to make sure they get back to their homes. And he turns to, to look at Illidan, who just looks incredibly done. <laughs> I suppose we can. You know, if you guys really are twins, which I'm still kind of 50-50 on, you're very good brothers to each other, I just want to say. Of course we are. We would go through hell and back together, right? And <laughs> Illidan just kind of nods. Of course our siblings. They chose each other, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Siblings. <laughs> so, maybe an hour before we're set to dock? Arrive? Pull into the station. <laughs> Drug the dude and then and then let, let the things out? An hour before we arrive. Would that be enough time? Because we don't... Dinner time is usually not that late. You have something strong enough to knock him out the entire time? It just does heavily. I just want to reduce the chance of us getting caught before we arrive. You know what? Just put the whole train to sleep. Who cares? Ah, except for us. Uh, I care. I mean, I don't want to get everyone else wrapped up into this. No, no, no. I mean, it's just like, oh, 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 a food coma. You know? You don't have to tell people you were trying to put them into an actual coma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would like to draw the distinction of putting people into a coma versus just gently drugging them to sleep. Agreed. We're just gonna, we're just gonna put them to sleep for a little while. It'll be fine. Yeah. Coma. Yeah. <laughs> not really the same thing. That's not what that word means. It's just like, you know, it's just like a long nap. It's fine. Semantics. It's not a permanent nap, and that's all that matters. Aaron kind of makes a face. <laughs> They'll wake up. Yeah, eventually. Okay, I mean, it's your drugs, whatever. You do what you want to do with them. Isn't that... Mm -mm, I don't think that's right. Yeah, okay, party poopers. 
You do have the drugs, right? Yeah, of course. I came prepared. Do you carry drugs with you every time you're on the train? Yeah, did you know this guy was going to be here before you brought the drugs onto the train? Or is that just a staple? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't say I carry drugs with me on the train all the time, but yes, I knew he was going to be here, and yes, that's why I brought the drugs. Okay, that's acceptable. Is he lying? Uh, Go ahead and roll an inside check. (laughs) I didn't even think about it. I was like, yep, seems legit. Oh, no, that's a nat one. Oopsies. Oh, Oh, he seems like he's telling the truth. (laughs) Seems legit. (laughs) Mm, Very much above board, yes. You mean you don't do this often? I mean, it's your loss. Yeah. It's the best way to take care of problem customers. Well, um... I mean, you feed people and you give people drinks. (laughs) Why not? And they do just trust you inherently. I'm actually technically not a cook. What? Technically. I just like cooking. Huh. Then what are you? A a, a traveler, I guess you could say. So what, you just put on someone's staff uniform and just hopped into the kitchen? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, we bribed the, we bribed the kitchen staff. Oh, oh you're not real employees. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course not. Why are we robbing the train for real employees? It, that's exactly the reason why you should be robbing the train. That <laughs> <laughs> only made it more believable. <laughs> <laughs> nah. No, I think, I think this makes more sense now. You could have opened with that, you know. Yeah. Oops. Oh, is that why he was complaining about the food? Oh, are you bad at it? Excuse me, I am a great cook. (laughs) Just because you like doing something doesn't mean you're good at it. I mean, okay, listen. This man wants his steak extremely well done. Which is like, at that point, you might as well eat a rock or like a shoe. It's going to have the same texture. Oh, so he has no taste. Yeah, I mean, Kitty here, she loves her meat raw. How dare they eat meat that tough? Kitty says as she pulls out a piece of jerky from her pocket and just starts like chewing on it. Yeah, right? I just <laughs> Probably also dips his chicken into like applesauce or something. Ugh. I'm sure he would. Anyways, uh, so you guys want to try to have him out at around 10-ish? Should we give ourselves two hours? I, I Yeah, I think giving ourselves a little more time might be better because I don't, I don't want to get caught up in... Why don't we just settle for a healthy 90 minutes? Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Right in the middle. My fear is if we, if we set up too late that we're going to get caught up in uh, Sharn authorities and I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neither do we. I don't want anybody to be alerted before we actually get to Sharn because we don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, that was kind of my issue too. It's like two full hours. That's a lot of time. We'll need probably 30 minutes tops. It's not like we're jumping off the train, right? I mean, well, you two can jump off the train if you want. If you want to go play, you know, princess or whatever and go have this animal sing to you in the woods. I mean, that's your choice. But. We're not jumping off the train. Isn't the train moving, like, super fast? 
Like super fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it moves pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that one. But you see, the animals have wings. <laughs> or one of them does. Why do you think it would let you ride it? <laughs> Your personality is dazzling, but not that dazzling. I was hoping. Oh boy. <laughs> I think we need to save this boy from himself. Illidan pipes up at that. That's what I'm here for. How long does it take for your drug to kick in? Well, usually 10, 15 minutes. Pretty fast acting. Alright, so you'll give it to him 100 minutes before we arrive, and then once he's knocked out, we will go. Yeah, sounds good. And it'll it'll knock most people out for a solid hour. Uh, sometimes more if they're not the best constitution. If it's only going to knock him out for an hour, we we have to do it for the hour. If he's going to wake up, that he's got a whole thirty minutes to figure out his creatures are missing. I mean, we should be done by then, right? Yeah, but then, like I said, he's going to figure it out. He's going to raise a big stink, and then they're kind of going to come searching and doing the. Hey, did you take a giant lizard and. Oh, I guess they wouldn't know it's us. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. Well, they could still search us for anything else we take. Oh, no, if we put it in my bag, it's fine. Oh. Oh. Oh? Yeah, look. And then uh, Kitty will open her bag and, like, hold the opening out to, uh, to Miki. Yeah, just stick your hand in. Uh, when you look at the bag, it looks like uh, a regular bag. But um, when you uh, put your hand in, uh, it looks like an empty bag. I you- have not decided to put my hand in yet. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like an empty, regular bag. Um. Okay, okay, okay. Watch this. And I'm going to reach in and I'm going to grab a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Gem reaches her arm in, and like when her uh, hand passes through the the opening of the bag, it it looks like it just vanishes. But out from this empty bag, she pulls out a rock. Okay, yeah, looks empty, right? I don't know what the rock was supposed to prove. Oh, it, it just shows that we can actually have stuff in here. But if they're like, "Open your bag, let me look inside," then they see nothing. Uh, I see. Okay, and if they do reach in. They're most likely going to grab a rock. Okay. It's like a one in four chance. Or some jerky. Or some jerky. Why are there so many rocks in your bag? Oh, it's my rock collection. Kitty's nice enough to hold it for me. Yeah. Here, you want to see? Sure. I'm going to pass her the rock. (laughs) Is it a nice rock? Is it a nice rock? I think it's a nice rock. What does the rock look like? So this rock looks like um, a piece of obsidian, mm. but it's kind of cut in half. And then down the middle, there's this beautiful red vein of like raw ruby through the middle of it. If you're so down on money, why haven't you pawned your rock? These rocks mean more to me than my life does. I would never sell these rocks. I see. And Mickey will gingerly hand back the rock. <laughs> Anytime you want to see one, just let me know. If I drop this, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> now, because that means I'll just have two rocks. Even if it breaks. <laughs> yeah. 
anything we could fit into this opening, we can put in my bag. I'll toss the rock back in. <laughs> I'm with Kitty. If the drug only knocks them out for two hours. One hour. One hour. Excuse yeah. me. It gives him an hour to discover that his animals and his things are missing. Okay, but hear me out. Because I had an idea for that. Mm-hmm. He kind of, after I, like, fixed him up a little bit, he looked a little less, like, ruffled about, you know, my presence and, you know, literally ripping my skirts out from underneath his feet and all that. So if I invite him to have dinner with me and our not-chef friend here serves him food that knocks him out and I'm there when he knocks out, I could easily sneak back in and be there when he wakes up and just go, oh my gosh, like, are you feeling okay? Like, you were kind of feverish. I was really worried about you. You know, make him feel good about himself and make him think that someone in the world actually loves him. Because obviously that's a very rare thing for this man. Did he have a wedding ring on his finger? A man like him probably doesn't care. <laughs> could you could you roll a d20 for me? Okay. Just a, just a straight d20. That's a two! Uh, no, he does not. Okay. Uh, he did have some rings, although none of them stood out. They they look like like uh, you know those 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 like huge big ass rings that have like the big gem on them. Uh huh. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Like a, a couple of those, but um, none of them um stood out to you as like oh look a wedding ring. Okay. Just kind of like pompous, rich one percenter rings. Yeah, like look look at how much how big of a gem I could put on my finger, sort of thing. Yeah. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it could work. And it could not work. My concern with that is that, although that might work, uh, you would have some association when things went down. So when he does notice that something is off, he will recall the events for the day, and that would trace back to you. Mm, what if I also just drug myself then? I suppose that's one way of going it. If I pass out with him, or if I pass out first, even better. So you could give me a clean plate of food. I could eat a few bites. And then once he starts looking wibbly wobbly, I'll act like I pass out. And then he'll pass out. And then we can wake up and be like, oh my gosh, what happened? You know, it could work. <laughs> we will probably need to make sure at that point that Perrin is gone. Yeah, that's that's doable. Yeah, sounds good to me. Mm. The only thing about that is he did have a lot of shinies on him. And if you don't have your face anywhere near him, we can take those shinies. But if you do, we can't. I mean, you know, he has the ones on his person. Then he has more likely more than that in storage. So we could just take what's in storage. I don't think we should touch anything that's actually on him. Okay. And if you do, I can also be rid of something or other. I can come in with jewelry, take it off. And then it just looks like we were robbed as a pair. We would need alibis then. So we can't go into the cargo looking like ourselves if there's security out front, right? There should not be security out front. Uh, the train crew was told to not enter at all. And there have been no extra hired hands from what I could tell. Then how do they know if somebody goes in or not? I'm not sure. <laughs> this isn't the most watertight, is it? 
Oh, remember, they're not actually train employees. Listen, we've eavesdropped on them talking about how security measures were upgrade, upgraded, and then the crew was the crew, uh, including us, were given strict instructions not to enter the area without him. That's all we know. I'm expecting a fight. Listen, I can figure out if there's magic in the area, but I can't get rid of it. So if we think there's magic security set up, uh, we're going to have to figure out how to deal with that. And, like I said, if you think there's going to be a fight, then we should do it as close as possible to when we're actually going to be in Sharn. So we don't want to be sitting here. Why don't we compromise? An hour and a half. That's what I said! <laughs> I said that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. We'll fight for five minutes, max, and then we'll have to sit there for the other 85 minutes. But what I'm thinking of is time to unlock the cages, time to, you know, move anything that we need to move, locate anything we need to locate. You're going to need, I think, it, at least 15 generously 30 minutes by the way where are we having this discussion are we just like talking (laughs) you are talking in the empty dining car okay is it for sure empty uh you haven't noticed anyone come in or out of the crew side or the passenger side okay knife emoji okay well if we are thinking it's gonna take more or less 30 minutes to do the job maybe i mean if you if you really insist on going later rather than sooner maybe we can try to have him out 45 minutes before we arrive at Sharn. it was 15 minutes to i don't know figure out alibis we already agreed on 90 i just think that we should Ooh, should we scout it out let's scout it out first we can't i think this is a one and done thing oh yeah i i think that whatever he did with security it's we're probably going to trigger it when we enter we don't have to go inside we can scout out the outside that's true see there are actually people there or whatever i wonder if security applies to any openings on the roof you were gonna what hmm? me you were gonna go on the roof eh, are there like if i look up in this car is there like a trap door in the roof or like emergencies or whatever in the dining car, there is a vent above uh, the the bar area. It doesn't seem to be like a an exit, but you can you, you suppose that you could get through that vent. Oh, this isn't up the code. I I don't believe there are any possible entryways from the roof. Okay, never mind. Not to the not to the cargo cars. Yeah, I was just gonna say we don't have to go in through the front door, you know. Is the cargo cart the last one? Illidan takes out a notebook and pulls out a, a large sheet, sheet of paper and unfolds it. We have the... Uh, he's <laughs> listing all the cars. Um, towards the end, where that's where we're looking at. There's two first-class cars and then his storage unit, uh, followed by uh, another storage unit that's unrelated. We might walk by people on the way over there. It's possible but I believe if we don't make too much noise, we won't actually see anyone. It's just a long hallway. What car are we on right now? In this, in the grand scheme of things? How many cars are there on this train? 
There are 13 cars in total. 13! 13! You are in the third car. The target car is the 10th car. Yeah, it's a lot. Got it. Okay. The car right before that uh, is where... The ninth car is where... Um, Regular storage? The pompous dude is staying. Oh, okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Do we have a compartment somewhere closer to it? Yeah. Um, the standard car is the sixth car. That's where you would be um, uh, staying and sleeping. Is it a private... It's a private compartment? Uh, no. It's it's more like... Hostel? Yeah, yeah. Like mass beds, kind of storage areas, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, like kind of old-timey trains. Um, there's like some seating too, uh, but like it's like not not super divided. There's like some partitions, but it's, it's pretty open. Okay, we're in six car. Poacher storage is the ninth car, you said, or the tenth? Uh, ninth car is first class. Ninth car is ten class. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> ninth car is first class. Do we know this guy's name? never asked. Do you know his name? No. <laughs> uh, Perrin kind of like blanks. Uh, Illidan says he is... Uh-oh, was there a dragon mark on him? His name is... Where is his name? I have his name, I swear. DM, while you look for that? Yeah. Did he have a dragon mark? He was dressed pretty head to toe, so not that you could visibly see. Uh-oh. His name is Tobias Boros. Do I recognize the last name at all in my line of work? Go ahead and roll a history roll. That's not going to be good. Ten. Ten? No, you don't recognize that name. Okay. All right, so one more time. We're in the sixth car. <laughs> I thought we are in the third car. Yes, poacher storage. Uh, no, we're in the third car. We're in the third car. Your tickets you paid for um, allow you into the sixth car. Yeah. Our rooms are in the sixth car. Dining. Rooms is a strong word. <laughs> equals whatever. <laughs> Dining is the third car. Yes. Poacher storage is... Tenth. Tenth car. First class where he is staying is the ninth car. One percenter car equals ninth economy class sixth car and what about the 11th 12th and 13th cars 11th car is another storage for uh regular passengers and also for the uh, uh any any house dragon mark goods that is only to be accessed during loading and unloading any anything that the passengers don't want to it's it basically checked luggage. <laughs> you, you, you put it in there and then you pick it up later. Twelve is crew quarters for going in the reverse direction. And the 13th car is the reverse helm and crew quarters. Got it. Okay, okay, okay. Reverse, reverse. So they would be empty right now? Uh, to my knowledge, there is two people there. A second driver in case something goes grossly wrong. And uh, the... Second in command. It, it, again, in case anything goes grossly wrong, but they're not doing much. So then, by that logic, the first car is the forward helm, and the second car is the forward crew quarters. 
brew quarters and the kitchen. Wait, I thought there was a kitchen right here. <laughs> no, this is the bar and the dining car. Okay, I think I just misunderstood. You guys have been going back and forth between these two cars. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. If we knock out those two folks, we can hide out in cart 12. Because cart 11 shouldn't have anybody and then we'd be in cart 10 when we have to move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just hide in car 11? Uh, it's locked, right? We can't get in? Uh, no one's supposed to go in, although we do have the keys. How did you get the keys? Who did you get the keys from? More bribes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Disgruntled employees. It's the downfall of every company. Is there any sort of alarm or alert on car 11? Not that I'm aware of. Well, how could we get how could we get to car 11 without passing through car 10? Is there an outside railing? Is there a lock on the outside? Unfortunately, there is not. Uh, so we would have to walk through. Yeah, this is this is flawless design. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's like, "Oh no, I forgot my favorite novel and in checked but in checked, you know, baggage." And it's like, mm, I "Guess you'll perish." I'm sorry. <laughs> so the two workers are just stuck on the other side of the train. Yeah, they're just stuck there. <laughs> they can't even eat. They don't even have a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you know what? If we don't even need to bribe them, we just need to let them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, crew is typically uh, allowed passage throughout the whole train, even the, the crew in the reverse quarters, although... Uh, you just told us they wouldn't let crew through the 10th <laughs> car. <laughs> they must be escorted ah, uh, okay. by the Boros man. Oh, just imagine someone had to take a potty break and... It's like, oh, we need to call Lord Boros to come and escort me to the bathroom. <laughs> that would be pretty sad. Yeah. I really don't like him. I don't either. And that's why I'm willing to watch him get drugged. So take it away, Perrin. <laughs> will do, will do. So I guess uh, I'll, I'll let you guys know later when things are all going to go down. Oh, wait, or are you going to let me know later? Because you said you're going to have dinner with him? I mean, I could. I could see if he even wants to have me for dinner guest. He might not. Oh, I thought that sentence was going to end way sooner than it did. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what, you think? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if he even wants me, period, hard stop. <laughs> no. For dinner. Uh, yeah, for dinner. I had to oh. be offended on there. Everyone um. wants me. <laughs> I'm newly single, Mickey. What do you think? Probably <laughs> 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 totally built it at the altar, right? Yep. <laughs> we should probably make alibis. Yeah. Somehow. So, let's see. We can't be too obvious where they're going to notice when we're gone. Yeah. Do you think one of those staff members you bribed earlier would be willing to provide us with an alibi? I mean, you can you can try. I I kind of I kind of promise. They're disgruntled train workers, and we're robbing a rich man. I really don't think it's going to be that hard. <laughs> I I didn't really tell them what we were doing, uh, but I said, you know, just play dumb. Uh, you didn't see anything. We were never here. 
Uh, the less you know, the better, because if they ask questions, then you literally won't know. So, uh, I don't know, that's what I told them. Hmm. 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 And with that, that's where we're going to end tonight. Hey, you made it to the end of episode one. Congratulations, but also thank you. You can find us at Instagram and Twitter at Beholding Out for a Hero on Instagram. Again, not all one word. And twitter.com slash B-O-F-A-H podcast. We want to thank Wizards of the Coast for creating the framework of Dungeons & Dragons 5e that we're playing with, and Keith Baker for coming up with the world of Eberron that we're playing in, and also Elaine's dog Rudy for being our moral support. Beholding Out for a Hero releases bi-weekly, and you can find us mostly wherever podcasts are found. We can't guarantee we released it everywhere, but we did our best. We'll see you back here in two weeks for episode two. See you then!